Hi, I'm Sister Justine. I'm a loving, devoted follower of Jesus who teaches at the local Catholic school. And Sister Justine has plenty of stories about saints, which she shares with the children to help them in their everyday lives. Relax and listen as we bring you Sister Justine's Saint Tales. How was your weekend? It was great. Did you see the game? Yeah, what a catch to win it on that last play. Hey, looks like we have a new kid in class now. Okay, class, settle down. I'm glad you had a good weekend, but it's time to get back to our studies. First, as some of you have already noticed, we have a new student joining us. Welcome. Uh, hello. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, I've actually lived in town for most of my life, but my parents decided they wanted to put me in a new school, so here I am. You know, I think I've seen that kid around, maybe at the park or something. Yeah, I think she might live just a couple blocks from my house. That's enough, you two. Pay attention. Tell us a little bit more. So, your parents wanted you to change schools? Why is that? My parents said they thought I'd become a better student in a Catholic school. That's interesting. We do strive to teach math, reading, science, arts, but also instill a sense of good moral values based on God and the Catholic faith. It's strange, because my parents never really talk much about God at home. What is God anyway? What? what? Did she just ask, what is God? Wow. Really? Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello Sister, Sister Justine. Justine. I heard a commotion from this classroom from all the way down the hall. What's going on? Well, Sister, first of all, let me introduce you to our new student. Hello, Sister Justine. And welcome to Holy Family School. The raised voices you heard were from all of us, reacting to a question our new student just asked. That question is, what is God? I'm so sorry. Am I in big trouble? Oh, no, dear. Please don't get upset. I think the question surprises us. But I sense that you really are curious and want to know the answer. I, I guess I am. Good. Curiosity is what makes a great student. And you're not the first student to ask the question. One of the most famous teachers and thinkers in the history of the Catholic Church wondered about that question, too. Who was it, sister? It was St. Thomas Aquinas. Can you tell us a story? I certainly will. Here, everybody pull up a chair and gather around. Sister tells cool stories about saints. Yeah, and she knows quite a few of them. Okay. Ah, yes. St. Thomas Aquinas. Thomas was born in the year 1225 in the town of Roccasecca in central Italy. Yes, but in that time, that part of Italy belonged to the Kingdom of Sicily. The map of Italy and all of Europe was much different then. His hometown was located within a county known as Aquino, and that's where we get his name, Thomas Aquinas. It's a little different, but it means Thomas of Aquino. My family was wealthy and powerful. I was born inside my father's castle. My dad was an important knight serving Emperor Frederick. It was a tradition among noble families that older sons would follow in their father's footsteps and study to become knights themselves. As for the younger sons, according to custom, families would send them off to study for a future in religious life. I was only five years old when my parents sent me to the Abbey of the Benedictine Monks in Monte Cassino. This was definitely not kindergarten as you would know it. It certainly wasn't, but Thomas was said to be a very good student, and even better with his devotion to prayer. It was during my earliest studies that I began asking the question, 
What is God? His teachers were quite surprised that a boy so young might ask such a philosophical question. While things were going well for young Thomas inside the abbey, things were not going so well outside. Emperor Frederick, whom his dad served, was not on the good side of the Pope at the time, Pope Gregory IX. Yes, definitely not good. Frederick wore many crowns. He had one for being king of Sicily, and another for being king of Jerusalem, and he also had one for being the Holy Roman Emperor. As emperor, he was leader of the Holy Roman Empire, which covered much of Central Europe, including Northern Italy. It was the biggest nation in Europe at that time. I told you the map looked much different in my day. Meanwhile, there were territories in Italy known as the Papal States, governed by the Catholic Church. It's a long, complicated story, but Pope Gregory and Emperor Frederick did not get along. Eventually, forces on both sides were at war with each other. The year was 1239. I was about 14 years old. The fighting between the Emperor's forces and the Pope's forces reached the Abbey at Monte Cassino. Thomas, my son, for your safety, we've decided to move you from the Abbey to another school in Naples, where you may continue to study in peace. It was in Naples where I got to study the works of many great thinkers from many different backgrounds. I studied the religious works by the Jewish philosopher Maimonides. I was also fascinated by the work of the Muslim thinker Averroes, who argued that God has seven divine attributes, knowledge, life, power, will, hearing, vision, and speech. Most of all, I was into the works of Aristotle, the Greek philosopher. He explored the nature of reality, and he too argued for the existence of God. While studying in Naples, Thomas met John of St. Julian. He was a preacher and a member of the Dominican order, which was fairly new to the scene. John of St. Julian got me thinking that joining the Dominican order might be right for me. But this didn't sit well with Thomas's family. What? No son of mine is going to walk around town wearing a ratty robe like a pauper. Remember when I mentioned that it was a tradition of richer, more noble families to enroll their youngest sons into an abbey? They considered that a noble occupation. The Dominicans, meanwhile, were dedicated to living a life like Jesus Christ. That is, living in modesty and poverty. I knew in my heart God was calling me to continue my studies, but under the Dominican order. The Dominicans were afraid his family might pull Thomas out of the order, so they sent him to Rome with the idea that he'd later transfer to someplace like Paris or the city of Cologne, located in Germany. Well, they were right. My family did take me away. Sorry, son, but it's for your own good. My older brothers, at the instruction of my parents, stopped me as I was traveling to Paris and brought me back home, where they locked me inside the castle. I was effectively living under house arrest. Remember, Thomas's family was one of wealth and prestige. It was one thing for Thomas to enter the abbey for religious studies, but it was another thing for him to don the robes of the Dominicans and choose to live in poverty. What will the neighbors say? What will the whole town say? His brothers, meanwhile, thought that they could ruin his plan to become a Dominican friar by spoiling his virtue. They were quite dirty about it, too. They hired a woman whom they wanted to, shall we say, do sinful things with me. 
They figured if I went along with it, that would be enough to get me kicked out by the Dominicans. But the brothers greatly underestimated Thomas's love of God and his willingness to live a life like Jesus. I picked up an iron rod used to stoke the firewood. It was in the fireplace, so one end was quite hot. I waved it toward the woman my brother hired. I chased her right out of my room, saying I would not do the sinful things my brothers wanted me to do. And then I dropped down to my knees and prayed to God that he help me remain a pure, faithful person. That night, while sleeping, I had a dream. Two angels appeared, telling me that God had indeed heard my prayer. They dressed me in a white girdle as a sign that I would indeed be pure for the rest of my life. Thomas remained a prisoner of his own family, but they eased up a little bit, allowing some provisions to make his stay in captivity a little more pleasant. They allowed my order to send me a new habit, or outfit. I also tutored my sister. In gratitude for helping with her own education, my sister brought me some books so I could continue my own studies. These included holy scriptures, of course, but also works by Aristotle and other philosophers. Finally, after nearly two years, the family realized Thomas would not change his ways and that it was his destiny to become a Dominican. <sighs> well, there's no more sense in trying. But the family still has its pride and reputation to keep. So how do we resolve this? They resolved it by allowing Thomas to live quietly at night while everyone was sleeping and make everyone think he escaped. And they really meant it, being as quiet as can be. They didn't even want to open the main gate. That might wake people up. Instead, they quietly lowered him in a basket down the castle wall to his Dominican brothers who waited for him below. They then snuck off into the night. I was brought back to Naples, where my superiors were quite pleased that I still gained so much knowledge, even while locked up. It was like I had never left school. I took my vows, and then my superiors sent me to Rome to meet with Pope Innocent IV. The Pope questioned me about all that had happened and about my desire to join the Dominican Order's Friars Preachers. Satisfied by Thomas's answers, Pope Innocent gave him his blessing and declared that no one should again try to interfere with his studies. Under the guidance of one of the Order's Master Generals, I traveled to Paris and then to Cologne to finish my studies. In Cologne, in the year 1245, I was placed under Albertus Magnus, who was considered the top teacher there. Thomas was a good student, but he was humble and spoke only when he needed to. Some of my classmates, and perhaps some of my teachers, misunderstood this. They thought perhaps I wasn't so bright after all. Some very quietly referred to me as the dumb ox. Ah, but then came the time when Thomas had to stand before his teachers and defend a thesis. That's a long essay you write after doing lots of research, and then you have to stand up before your teachers and class and speak to defend the information you put in your paper. They ask you lots of tough questions. But Thomas answered them well, and he did an outstanding job defending the thesis. It has been said that Albertus himself was so impressed that he looked to the class and said about Thomas, You call him the dumb ox. But in his teaching, he will one day produce such a bellowing that it will be heard throughout the world. 
I traveled back and forth between Cologne and Paris a few times. I became a teacher myself, instructing younger pupils, while at the same time I was continuing to study and build upon my own education. I was also finally ordained a priest. He was eventually named a doctor of theology, and he continued to travel to teach others, and he wrote many important works for the church. However, he never finished his final work. In the year 1273, after celebrating Mass and then praying some more, I found myself in this state of ecstasy. It felt like I was face to face with Jesus himself. He was pleased with me, saying I had written well of him. He then asked what reward I would have for all my work. I told him, I want nothing but him. But then I abandoned my daily routines, including my writings. When my peers asked me why, I said I could not, because all I had written now seemed like a pile of straw to me. But Thomas's work was no pile of straw. It remains some of the Catholic Church's most important writings on God. Thomas Aquinas died in March 1274. He was canonized as a saint by Pope John XXII in July 1323. He was named Doctor of the Church by Pope Pius V, who said St. Thomas was the most brilliant light of the Church. I mentioned one of his biggest questions was, what is God? I wrote what I call my five proofs, five ways to prove the existence of God. But let's keep it simple, shall we? I'll put it to you like this. In our world, things come and things go. It is possible for things to exist at one time and then not exist at another time. But something must exist at all times. And that which exists at all times is God. You see, even a saint who is considered one of the most brilliant teachers in the Catholic Church asked the question, what is God? Does that make you feel better? It does, sister. Thank you. In the meantime, if you need a little help, here's a prayer St. Thomas Aquinas himself would pray. Come, Holy Spirit, divine creator, the true source of light and fountain of wisdom. Pour forth your brilliance upon my intellect. Dissipate the darkness which covers me, that of sin and of ignorance. Grant me a penetrating mind to understand, a retentive memory, method and ease in learning, the lucidity to comprehend, and abundant grace in expressing myself. Guide the beginning of my work, direct its progress, and bring it to a successful completion. This I ask through Jesus Christ, true God and true man, living and reigning with you, the Father, forever and ever. Amen. God, Jesus, the saints, I've got a lot to learn. And you soon will. We'll all help to make sure you understand and love our faith. You'll like Sister Justine's stories. She always has the right story for the right situation. We've learned so much about many saints and how important they are in teaching about God. Don't worry. It seems like a lot, but you'll catch on soon enough. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Well, I'd better get down the hall again. Good luck and have a great day, everyone. Thank, Thank you, Sister. sister. You've been listening to Sister Justine's Saint Tales, created and distributed by the Communications Department of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. The voice talents you heard are Melissa Cumming as Sister Justine, Isaac Giovanni and Justice as the students, Tara Ponsler as the teacher, Gregory Tobin as Albertus Magnus, and I'm Michael Rosiak. I was the voice of St. Thomas Aquinas. 
I'm also the creator, writer, and producer of this series. Special thanks to St. Joseph University School in Buffalo for their assistance. Thanks to Samuel Francis Johnson and Pixabay for the prayer theme. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure to come back for more of Sister Justine's Saint Tales.